back in the year 2000, Jim Beauchamp had an idea. He wanted to put on an annual fall boat race in his hometown of Gosstown, New Hampshire. Lucky for Jim, the town's Main Street program was looking for an event that could boost tourism in the area. It was a trial basis event. Give me one shot, I said, and I'm going to make this work. So he got a group of friends together, and they set a date, October 21st, right before Halloween. All was looking good. Until. It was cold. It was windy. And the sun didn't come out all weekend. And it snowed on Sunday. So it was a trial like you wouldn't believe. Jim and his fellow racers were determined to put on a show. They went down to the Piscataquag River and they took their marks. On the announcer's cue, they were off. But the racers could not see much of what was happening up on shore. And fear started to sink in that nobody would show up, that the first annual Gosstown Regatta would be the last. But then, cheers erupt. When I came around the corner with the other four boats, there were 500 people on the bridge waiting for us to come down the river. And they were cheering, and the horns were blowing, and it was a spectacle. And boy, the people loved it. Jim won the race that day, the regatta was a hit, and the Main Street program was more than happy to bring it back next year. Jim can hardly believe it worked out. And I I remember floating down the river in a giant pumpkin boat and saying to myself, are you out of your mind? What are you thinking? Oh, and by the way, the boats in this story are not your standard watercraft. Yes, they have sails and paddles and experienced captains, but the actual vessels, the things that are keeping people out of the water, are pure pumpkin. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, Jim Bosham gives us the inside scoop on how Gosstown became the pumpkin boat capital of New England. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details.
A pumpkin boat race was exactly the kind of spectacle Goffstown was looking for. After that very first one in 2000, the regatta became the event of the season, an annual tradition that the entire town looked forward to. It is a sight to see. Colorful booths line the streets. Hundreds of people from across the country crowd the town. Huge, giant, brightly colored pumpkins, some weighing up to 1,000 pounds, take center stage, along with a little help from the tractors and forklifts used to move them around. If you are a giant pumpkin grower in the U.S., the Goffstown Regatta is the place you want your squash to be. Jim's a Goffstown native. He's lived there his entire life. Even before pumpkins became a, a big part of his world, he loved watching things grow. I always loved gardening and vegetable gardens and stuff, and I always had a garden. And, and if that's from my childhood, my dad always had a garden, so I just continued on when I got married. When he got older, he started his own landscaping business, specializing in irrigation systems so he could stay close to the garden. And then everything changed for him. And then in 1997, one of my neighbors just kind of stopped by one day with a, with a little plant. And it was uh, about four inches high, the plant. And he said, this is a giant pumpkin plant. He said, I want you to put it in the ground. And I, I, I kind of liked the idea. So I put it in and uh, that first year, you know, I got a 90-pound pumpkin, which was big for a pumpkin, you know. I have that, I always had an, an attachment to pumpkins. Attachment is a bit of an understatement. Jim's birthday is Halloween, a holiday that holds pumpkins in the highest regard. Jim's email? Pumpkin grower, with all the vowels removed. From that first pumpkin, he was hooked. The next year, uh, it was 350 pounds, and then the next year, it was 600, and it just kept getting bigger, and I just never let go, and I've, I've passed the, uh, the hobby on to so many uh, enthusiastic uh, growers uh, in New Hampshire. In 1999, Jim and a group of his fellow growers formed a giant pumpkin club, professionally referred to as the New Hampshire Giant Pumpkin Growers Association. So we stand out right away, you know, 35, 40 members, and um, we were looking for a place to establish New Hampshire's very first, you know, state way off. A way off is pretty much exactly what you would assume. It is a statewide competition where people submit their prized pumpkins to be weighed. It is not about looks or shape or color or presentation. It is very simple. The heaviest pumpkin wins. You know, I brought him that idea. I just said, uh, I went to a meeting and I said, I, I, I asked if it would be possible that we could do a, a giant pumpkin way off in the center of Gosstown. And they, they were all, they were pretty keen on the idea. But a plain old way off wasn't enough. Jim wanted to make the event stand out from all the other pumpkin competitions across the country. And one of the requirements that the Main Street program of Gosstown had in their search for an event was to utilize a natural resource in the town. Jim took a look around and his wheels started turning. It's the latest way off in New Hampshire. At that point, the giant pumpkin growers are looking, looking to get rid of their pumpkins at that point. You know, after that, it's to the compost pile. And so I thought, boy, what if we convert them into boats? And there's the big river going right through town, the Piscataquag River. And so that's why I put the two together. And I thought, giant pumpkins, unique, body of water, river right there. 
we get a plan. We get perfect, uh, you know, the perfect opportunity to do a boat race. Now, turning a thousand-pound pumpkin into a prize-winning boat is no small task. Once the heaviest pumpkin is crowned and the way off is over, all the pumpkins are hollowed out and gutted. And the farmers gather around and keep a watchful eye on the process, making sure everyone receives their seeds back in order to grow a new pumpkin for the next year. And once the pumpkins are emptied, the real fun begins. There is a lot more that goes into making a pumpkin water ready than just hopping in and sailing away. Each pumpkin boat gets um, ballast with sand. So we'll put the captain in the boat. And it's like, if you could picture um, a 1,000-pound fishing bobber. You know how a bobber just kind of floats up there and it goes from one side to the other. We put a wooden, uh, we we compare it to like a toilet seat. It's a wooden uh, cap that goes on top of it. And it's, it's bolted on. And that's where your motor fastens to you. We'll put little trolling motors we don't allow gas motors because it can get pretty dangerous. If you ever tipped over and the motor keeps running, a, a power motor or a gas motor could be kind of harmful, you know. And so we keep it to little um, electric motors for tro- trolling motors. You put a, a milk um, freight upside down inside the pumpkin, and that's what you sit on. And your battery goes inside that milk crate. And the captain just sits on the crate. And he just steers the motor and off it goes. Since the pumpkin boat is very close to a sphere shape, it tends to want to go in circles in the water. And it takes practice to get the hang of it. The more experienced boat captains tend to win. There's only 10 spots available in each year's race. And each pumpkin boat is sponsored by a local business. Those businesses decide who mans the squash. But even the most experienced captain needs a little luck to win. They get better as time goes on. It's not always the same captain every year. They'll have always they pick different employees or something like that, you know. So nobody really gets great at it. But even if you don't win the race, there's another award up for grabs: the best decorated boat. Some might say it's actually the biggest competition of the day. We create a theme for the uh, for the regatta race, and everybody decorates their boats to, to uh, match up with that theme. And then we have, they created this award named after me, actually. It's uh, the best decorated award, and they call it the Jim Boschman Award. The themes are always Halloween adjacent, and this year's was the Adams Family. It's a collaborative effort. Teams come up with their design beforehand and then go to work making their visions come to life once the pumpkins are gutted at the festival. The results are often very elaborate, making it hard for Jim to judge. You would not believe the, the, the effort, the work, the time that um, these, these businesses and, and these sponsors put into uh, making really spectacular decorated boats. We actually have someone at Atlas Obscura who can tell you exactly what this is like. In 2019, our very own Gastro Obscura editor and regular podcast guest, Sam O'Brien, got a taste of what it was like to be a pumpkin boat captain. Her boat was fashioned into Zero the Ghost Dog from Nightmare Before Christmas, and a replica of Zero's head was even attached to the front of her pumpkin. But despite the amazing decorations, she could not quite bring home the win. Here is her post-race interview after her squash sunk 
before the finish line. It was all over pretty quickly. The boat filled with water. We were slowly going down, means zero. His little pumpkin nose was dipping into the water. I was still trying to paddle because I'm a competitor and I wanted to win, but the fire department insisted on pulling me out of the water and into their raft. My sad little boat is still out there, dead. It was really fun regardless. I had fun building the boat. I had fun making new friends. It's unlike anything I've ever done. I've never driven a pumpkin boat and I've never sunk in a pumpkin boat. I went down with my ship. That's valiant. That's the best thing a captain can do. So I'm proud of myself. I did my best. For Jim, it is an incredible honor to have become known in the town he's called home for his whole life. Even if the annual regatta shuts down, generations of future residents will always know about Jim and his giant pumpkins. They've actually created a, um, they've got a um, uh, granite bench at the city hall with my name, my wife's name and my name are on the bench with the quote, may the great pumpkin forever bring smiles to the residents of Gosstown. So that, that'll be there forever. And uh, so I'm, I am pretty honored. I thought to myself, someday this is going to be gone and people are going to, and, and a topic might come up and people will look at each other and say, what was that all about? <laughs> What's it mean by giant pumpkins uh, bringing smiles to faces? And it's like, and so there'll be a story to be told, you know. This episode was produced by Gabby Gladney. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407-249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. 
Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.